Season 1, Episode 44, Pete's Podcast, Bible Story Evangelism, John 3.16, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. I want to revisit uh, Episode 43 because I felt like I kind of stumbled through uh, part of that. Uh, If you listen to it, the podcast right before this one, you probably noticed. Anyway, um, so if you have a Bible, open it up to um, 1 John chapter 5. If you look at 1 John chapter 5, verse 1, Whosoever believeth that Jesus Christ is born of God, and everyone that loveth him that begat, begat loveth him. Verse 1, Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. Okay. Bang. And everyone that loveth him that begat loveth him also that is begotten of him. I think we're talking about God the Father, God the Son. You love God, you love the Son. Uh, You exalt the Son, you exalt the Father uh, to the glory of God. By this we know that we love the children of God that are begotten of God by the new birth by this by this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments Jesus said the very same thing uh, John's just writing something down he heard Jesus say if you love me keep my commandments for this is the love of God that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not grievous unto us for whosoever is born of God overcometh the world, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Repent of your dead works and have faith towards God. From dead works towards faith in God. That's what I did 48 years ago. Free gift? Sounds good. Sounds really good. Wow. That's really fair. Free. Can't beat that. Not because I was looking a handout, I just thought it was the right way to go. Wow, what kind of price tag are you going to put on it? It'd be of works. You have to earn the money for whatever. It's free that whosoever, anybody, red, yellow, black, white, believe it in him, should not perish, but everlasting life. Sounds good. And that's our verse for today, John 3.16. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but everlasting life. This is how, this is in part how we should deal with one another. And that's the part I had a problem with. If you look down here at at, uh, 1 John 5, 16, If any man see his brother sin a sin, which is not unto death. I think that's pretty much your average sin unless you're... uh, I, I think this is physical death. I don't think this is spiritual death because this is... I'm I'm assuming that brother here talking about a believer and... uh, that's pretty consistent with it. We know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep His commandments. So we're talking about loving the children of God. These are children of God we're talking about. So there's not a sin unto eternal death. Jesus paid for that sin or those sins. Whosoever should keep the whole law and yet offend in one point is guilty of all. But that sin has been paid for and the first judgment and the only judgment that's already taken place. We have the judgment seat of Christ coming during the tribulation for the church and 
Jewish believers would fall into that. All believers since Pentecost to uh, Christ's return, the rapture. That's not exactly his return. His return is at the end of the tribulation, but he, we do meet him in the clouds. So shall we ever be with the Lord, the rapture. And then seven years later, he comes and stands on the earth and wins the battle of Armageddon and the judgment of the nations, the sheep and the goats. The goats are cast in the lake of fire because they never believed. The sheep, my sheep hear my voice and they know me and they follow me and I give unto them eternal life and they shall never perish. Sheep are believers according to John. So, um, anyway, um, all right, we're talking about believers here um, and we're in uh, uh, 1 John 5, 16. If any man see a brother sin, he shall ask the Father, pray, is, the con is in the context here, he shall pray and God shall give him life for them that have not sinned unto death. So Ananias and Sapphira is, a good, is an example of Christians that were sinned unto death. They, Peter said they've lied to the Holy Spirit. I don't, I don't really understand it. I mean, they sold a house. They must have a given. You can't sell a house and give them, you know, a penny. I don't even think back then a day's wage would not cover a house. Normally, houses cover years of work, even today, depending on your job, I guess. But anyway, it surely did cover years of work for me. But I had help thanks to my parents. Anyway, um, so so we're talking about loving each other, going to someone who's sinning and not talking about them behind their back and not, you know, glad that God's going to correct them or discipline them or whatever. It, the discipline could be, I'm going to take you home. And that's, to me, that's Christianity 101. The ultimate for a believer that sins is to be taken home. And I think that happened to Ananias and Sapphira. I think that happened to the man that picked up sticks on the Sabbath. And I've heard a famous uh, uh, comedian that's very anti-God pretty much. Maybe he's coming around. I don't know. But he was, he was mocking that, saying, what kind of justice is that? Well, these are believers, so going to heaven is, is pretty good judgment. Well, back then they went to paradise, but Abraham's bosom. But anyway, obey the God. Obey your heavenly Father, children of God. Obey your Father. The fear, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. I'm supposed to be afraid of God. You're supposed to respect God. You get shocked by 220 and you're not going to go, am I supposed to be afraid of 220? Yeah. You can love 220. Without 440, you wouldn't even have 220. And who knows what goes in these high voltage lines above us. Just don't park your sailboat next to them and step out of your car because you'll find out. But anyway, um, that's what it's talking about. The Lord can take us home. And I think there's examples of that. Um, who stole that uh, thing from uh, AI? and caused the death of the, or no, he took it from Jericho. And the next battle was at AI, spelled A-I. Sometimes pronounced differently, but pardon me, I'm gonna pronounce it A-I. But anyway, um, that man was, was stoned. I think he was a believer. 
I think he'd seen quite a bit of the Lord through the wilderness. And Joshua, this was the second city they took. Uh, but he saw that gold and he just decided he would bury it in his tent. And it cost him his life. And the witnesses to it, to that. People died in the next battle. And you can argue against God all you want. My creator, I'm going to go with Job. Will not the creator of the universe do what's right? Okay, so there are sins unto death. Back then, I don't know if we get a cut more slack. It sure seems like I've been given a lot of slack in my, in my Christian life. Um, but anyway, if, if any man see his brother sin a sin, which is not unto death, he shall ask the Lord, and the Lord shall give him life for them that sin not unto death. There is a sin unto death, and I do not, and I say that he shall... Ay, 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 this double talk. There is a sin unto death. I do not say that he shall pray for it. Okay, so uh, this man, if any man see his brother sin, a sin unto death, the writer here, John, says, I do not, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, I do not say pray he shall, that he shall pray for it or that situation. Uh, we know that whosoever is born of God sinneth not. That's kind of, let me get to that in just a minute. I think we're finishing up. There are just two verses here that talk about sins unto death and sins not unto death. And the sins not unto death, you, you can pray for those all you want. Sins unto death, I, you know, I, I think it might, I'm going to go with the wisdom of Supreme Court Justice. Uh, I think it was Black, I can't remember his name, but when they were doing the great pornography stuff of the early 70, and they were in, in people wanted the Supreme Court to devi define pornography, and one of the Supreme Court justices said, I know it when I see it. So I guess I'm going to go with that. A sin unto death, I know it when I see it. Christians are capable of terrible things. I, I would argue that David did a terrible thing in sending Uriah to his death in war. Put him, Joab put it, Uriah where valiant men are dying. And he sends word back, uh, Uriah's dead. And, he, you know, Job, uh, David's all happy, marries his uh, Bathsheba, who's in the line of Christ, along with David. And, uh, but, you know, if you want to start th throwing stones, uh, I'll quote Jesus for you. He that without sin cast the first stone. Anyway, I, I, don't, I haven't seen a brother uh, commit a sin unto death. Maybe this was, you know, uh, John, the, the disciple that Jesus loved, was, um, you know, saw a lot of stuff. And it was uh, transitional times and whatever. He saw Ananias and Sapphira die, dropped dead. So, uh, and again, death for a Christian is no big deal. Absent body, present with the Lord. Paul said we are willing, I say, and rather to be, and would rather to be absent from the body and present with the Lord. Sounds good to me. It sounds like that's what David believed in Psalm 23. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I'm sure he, like other prophets, wrote towards the end of his life, he'd, he'd seen God's goodness. He'd, he'd had it, the joy of his... Uh, salvation restored to him. 
anyway, I'm trying to make up for the best I can for kind of getting stuck yesterday. Um, and then I said I would, we know, to, verse 19, oh no, verse 18, I said I was going to come back to this. We know that whosoever is born of God, I'm born of God, sinneth not. But there's part of me that's born of God. The new man, the incorruptible man. Mortality takes on immortality. There's an immortal part of me that was born in a new birth. And it's incorruptible. Teflon, if you will. All the bad I do as a believer is, is under the blood. But um, and all that I did before was it was also Jesus paid for the sins of the whole world. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Okay, I need to leave First John now and go to John chapter 3. John chapter 3. Okay. <clears throat> Hopefully I can go through this quickly. Read along. John chapter 3. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do the miracles which thou doest except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Well, this guy comes and pays him all kinds of... He's the teacher, possibly the teacher, not just a teacher. Some, some study Bible, my study Bible raises that question, whether that's the indefinite article A or the definite article V, the ruler of the Jews, the teacher of the Jews. Anyway, uh, Jesus answered and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. He, you know, he just cuts through. There was no question here. Uh, he's going to ask him a question eventually, uh, Nicodemus, who helped get the body of Christ off the cross. So if you have any question about whether he kind of gave up his uh, position as a teacher of the Jews, I think, in that. But then, who knows what he did. I'm going to meet him one day, and I'm going to talk to him. I'm looking forward to that. Jesus answered and said unto, them, ver said unto Nicodemus, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? That I'm sorry, but that just bothers me. I think that's, that's not borderline... Um, insolent that is that is just rude and crude i think i mean i know it's in old english so everything sounds wonderful but how can a man be born when he is old can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born if you want to think that's a legitimate question that's fine with you i i guess i look i i i'm not sure it was but i'll talk to nicodemus and he'll go yeah i kind of but god forgave me whatever uh, Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born of water and of the Holy Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Holy Spirit is spirit. Marvel not unto thee, marvel not that I said unto thee, ye must be born again. The wind bloweth where it listeth, and now heareth the sound thereof, but canst tell from whence it come and whether it goeth, so is every one that is born of the Spirit. You can't catch the wind and paint it green. It's not really physical. And you can't catch the Spirit. Man's Spirit or God's Spirit, neither one, both Numa, 
and you can't you can't catch it and paint it green. Nicodemus answered and said unto Jesus, here's his question. Five words. How can these things be? That's a good question. Now, he did ask a question before. Can a, how can a man can a, oh, a couple questions. How can a man be born when he's old? That's a legitimate question. Can he enter his mother's womb a second time and be born? That's to me that's not a legitimate question. You can you know, maybe people don't like to address that. I don't know. I, am I the only one that ever thought of that? That that's kind of rude and crude and not very respectful of God? <clears throat> but I don't think he's figured out who Jesus is yet. Jesus answered and said unto him, Art thou a master of Israel and knowest not these things? So Jesus answers his question, How can these things be? With his own question. Art thou a master of Israel and knowest not these things? Verily I say unto you, we speak that we do know, and we testify that we have seen, and you receive not our witness. If I have told you earthly things, and you believe not, how shall you believe if I tell you of heavenly things? No man hath ascended up to heaven. They're all in Abraham's bosom, in paradise right now. Nobody's ascended up, uh, but they will shortly, because Jesus is going to be crucified, and on, on the third day he rises from the dead, and he leads captivity captive and Peter, if I'm not mistaken. And it's not taught very well. I went to Bible college to learn that. Really good, excellent Bible college teacher. I'm, I'm careful about using other people's names, I guess. But, but uh, he knows who he is. Uh, and as, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up. Well, verse 13. No man hath ascended up to heaven yet, as, as, he, as of this uh, as of this moment he's speaking, but he that cometh down from heaven, now that's occurred, that's Jesus Christ, even the Son of Man, deity, which is in heaven. As Moses lifted up the wilderness, lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up. I was going to turn to it, but in the interest of time, I'll just give you the address and I'll tell you the story. Uh, Numbers uh, chapter 21, verses 4 through 9 is this really neat little story. And they had been in the wilderness, according to Usher's dating systems. And I'm going to go with stuff that's extra biblical, i.e. not written in the Bible. I'm going to go with uh, the preponderance of teaching on that. And I, I go with Usher's because of, because of what's taught in the Bible. Luke, the genealogy in Luke, takes you all the way back to Christ. Fourteen generations from Abraham to David. Fourteen generations from David to the captivity. And fourteen generations from the captivity to the Messiah. That's three times, that's 42 generations. And that's how the, the, the wise men were able to figure out when Christ would be born. They just had to look back at, uh, well, that's written in Matthew, but I'm sure you could find it in the Old Testament too. Uh, that's where I know it from because that's what I've mostly taught. But anyway, um, As Moses, okay, I was going to tell you the story. They, they've, been, they've been in the wilderness, I would say, between 30 and 35 years. That's a long time. They were, they were in the wilderness for a year or so when they decided they couldn't go into the promised land. When, when uh, Moses sent 12 spies and they came back and said, there's giants in the land, and they all freaked out and said, we want to go back to Egypt and whatever. And God said, okay, you're right. You can't take it. The best thing I ever heard a coach say was, if you say you can, you're right. And if you say you can't, you're right. 
but yeah, that, there's probably exceptions to that. But I tell you, I saw our high school basketball team beat a much better basketball team in the semifinals and then win the state championship for our little school. That was quite an achievement. So anyway, and I told them this. So they were Four of the five starters were in my trigonometry class, and I said, you guys got to take a lesson from the spies that said they couldn't do it. I mean, they were all freaking out because they were, you guys were all very tall, and uh, I'll just leave it at that. Okay, um, so they were they were complaining to God, you know, Moses. They were complaining to Moses. You brought us out of Egypt to die in the wilderness. We we don't have any bread. We don't like this light bread that they've been eating for thirty years. You know, I, you eat anything for thirty years. I don't care if it tastes like coriander seed and honey. It's going to get old. But but. Uh, that's, it was a punishment. Sorry. Manna and water. And uh, it was a pretty good bread, but whatever. And they, but um, they were complaining. And then these fiery serpents appeared amongst them. And if you bit, you, you died a horrible death. And a lot of screaming and yelling. And the people came to Moses and said, tell God, we're, we're sorry, we sinned against you, we sinned against God. Tell God that we're sorry and to take these serpents away from us. And so Moses goes to God, as he always intervened between the people and God, a type of Christ, if you will. He said, God, the people, you know, they're sorry for what they did. Take these serpents from them. And, and, and God said, you build, you make a bronze serpent, and I'm sure they took a lot of bronze and stuff like that from Egypt, so it's just a question of making a mold, and I'm sure it wasn't the most beautiful artwork in the world, but it looked like a snake, and put it on a pole, and I'm sure he hooked it on a pole somehow, and raised it up, and, and God said, anybody that looks at the pole will be healed, and Moses did exactly what he told him to do. I'm sure he did it as quickly as he could, and if you were healed... We're talking about three million people, so we're talking about a big campsite. And and I feel the same way about telling people about Jesus Christ. This is really good news. For God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son, and whosoever believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Repent of your dead works. Your works aren't going to pay for sin. Trust in Jesus Christ. It's a gift. The wages of sin is death. It's not works. Not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to His mercy, He saved us. Anyway. Uh, I, I get excited about that, and that's we're talking about eternal life here. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. A lot more important than their temporary life, uh, which I think most of these guys were going to heaven. Most of them were believers, but I, I have no idea. Maybe they weren't. They didn't act like it, but sometimes I don't act like it. Anyway, just ask my family and friends. But um, anyway, that's pretty much the story. I can just picture this little kid dragging mom. Mom going, just let me die. I, I hurt so much. Just let me die. And the little boy goes, no, mom, you got to see this serpent. Because I was there and I saw this. I see people, as soon as they were healed, they were running out and dragging other people. I would start with my family. But while I was running back to my tent, I'd be saying, hey, go take a look at that serpent. Drag your parents. Look, I was dying a minute ago and now I'm fine. So go, go, go. And by the way, the, the universal symbol for the medical profession is a serpent on a staff. Now, you can look that up and they'll give you all kinds of other stories about that, but that's fine. I'm going to go with this one. Thank you very much. 
Okay, we're at John 3.16. As Moses lifted up, well, 14. As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man of, be lifted up. 3.15, right before 3.16. And whosoever believeth in the Son of God shall not perish, but have eternal life. I have eternal life because I put my faith in the Son of God, on the Son of God. And John 3.16 says the same thing over again. When the Lord repeats something, verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me hath everlasting life. It's important. John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. These are all the words of Christ right here, from chapter, halfway through verse 10. Um, for God sent not his, verse 17, for God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. You might be saved. You will be saved if you trust Christ, but that's on you. That's you, man. I can't pray that you trust Jesus Christ. That's a sin unto death, not trusting Christ. That's on you. Seek and ye shall find. You're going to have to look it up because I don't have time to go to it. Matthew 7, 7. Jesus was talking in the Beatitudes. He was talking about a lot of neat stuff. This is the last chapter of the Beatitudes. In chapter 8, right after chapter 7, it says that when he came down the mountain, the multitude followed him. So this is believers and unbelievers. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. And I didn't even know I was seeking. But I went to that Bible study six months after my brother was killed. And I found the gospel of the grace of God. And I repented of my dead works. I believed it was a gift, not of works, lest any man should boast. And I put my faith in the God of John 3.16. You, my friend, do whatever you want. I don't think I can pray for you to trust Christ. Because I feel I'm insulting God. For God so loved you that He gave His only begotten Son, that if you'd believe in Him, you'd have everlasting life. You would not perish, but have everlasting life. How can I beat that? I'm going to pray the one that died for you, for you to trust Christ? I can't do it. It sounds insulting to me to pray to God who sent His Son to die on the cross to pay for your sins, and He and the Father are one. There are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit, and these three are one. So, I'm sorry, it's on you. And if you trust Christ, you will be saved, and if you don't, you won't. Verse 18, He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. These are all the words of Christ. We're going to switch to John the Baptist in just a minute, so... So I'll tell you when that happens. And this is the condemnation, that light has come into the world, but men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. I don't, is that why you're not trusting Christ? Because you, you're so rotten? I thought I was going to hell for sure. And I didn't know God loved me, and I didn't know God that it was a free gift, and I, I knew I couldn't be good. That wasn't going to work. And I found out the wages of sin is death, is not being good. And Christ paid that for the sins of the whole world. That's the judgment for sin right there. You'll be judged for your works, for either reward in heaven, in the church age, and for punishment in hell in, uh, at the end of the tribulation, at the, at the 
the great white, no, at the end of the millennium at the great white throne. And maybe all the people that lived before Pentecost goes, you know, with other judgments. I don't know. Maybe they've already been, they're all dead, so they, maybe they've already been judged. The church is the group that's Pentecost on, and we're going to be judged at the judgment seat of Christ. Maybe there's already been a work that doesn't apply to the living, so it wasn't recorded. I don't know. But uh, then we have the, the, the judgment of Israel during the tribulation for not believing, but they're going to believe during the tribulation, big time. Very evangelistic thing. And they're going to come to Christ. So, all right. So, and this is the condemnation that light is coming to the world and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. I was mad at God for the wrong thing. I thought he didn't love me. I thought he didn't love my family. He let my brother die. The last place I saw my brother was church. And uh, my Savior, like I won't pray for you, it's, it's up to my brother to seek and find. John, Matthew 7, 7 and 8. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. And I was seeking and I found 48 years ago. So I'll just, and I'm not going to pray for the dead. My gosh, I'm not, I don't see that in the scripture anywhere. That's just weird. But um, if you want to do that, you can, there's, there's one cult that's really famous for that. Anyway, and this is the condemnation that light has come to the world, but men love darkness rather than light. For every one of that doeth, he's still talking to Nicodemus here. Um... For every a teacher of the Jews, uh, fortunately, I guess Nicodemus told John what he said. For every one, well, by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, we'll leave it. All scripture is given by. All scripture is given by God. All scripture given by God is given by the inspiration of God. All scripture is given by the inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, and for instruction in righteousness. The man of God may be thoroughly may be perfect, complete, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Again, there are the good works after you're saved, not before you're saved. But he that doeth truth to the light, he that doeth truth cometh to the light, that his deeds may be made manifest, and that that they are wrought of God. I'm not judged by my works, so, well, I am for reward, but I don't have to keep it a secret. God knows my works, and I'm not going to go into my sin, but uh, trust me, uh, whosoever should keep the whole line, yet offend in one point, he's guilty of all. Okay, now we got to go. We got to switch to John the Baptist. The story with Nicodemus is over, and uh, John records uh, a, a give and take between John the Baptist's disciples and himself, and John the Baptist, and he records it in John chapter three, verse twenty-two, the beginning of it, and it goes to. 36. After these things came Jesus and his disciples into the land of Judea, down by the Jordan River, down in the Jordan River Valley that flows from the Sea of Galilee, which has rivers flowing into it, to the Dead Sea, which has no rivers flowing out. And if, anyway, and there, there he tarried with them and was and baptized. He was, he was already baptized by John the Baptist. John the Baptist saw him coming and said, Behold, the Lamb of God that takest away the sins of the world. You're going to believe it or you're not. It's up to you. I believed it. Behold the Lamb of God that takest away the sins of the world. That's a pretty strong testimony by John the Baptist. 
So John the Baptist's disciples are a little confused. After these things came Jesus and his disciples to the land of Judea, and there he tarried with his disciples and baptized. So whether Jesus baptized or just his disciples, I don't know. That's not a big deal for me. I don't really care. You're not saved by water baptism. It's an outward sign of an inward condition. All right, uh, John 3, 23. And John the Baptist also was baptizing in Anon near Salem because there was much water there, Jordan River, and they came and were baptized. And John was not yet cast in prison. And there arose a question between some of John the Baptist's disciples and the Jews about purifying. And they came and they came unto John, his disciples came unto John and said unto him, Rabbi, teacher, that's what a disciple would call his teacher, Rabbi, he that was beyond Jordan, to whom thou bearest witness, yeah, he bear, said, Behold the Lamb of God that taketh away the sins of the world. That's some pretty powerful witness. The same baptizeth all men, and all men come unto him. So they're kind of, I guess, worried about what, um, you know, human characteristic, you know. Hey, John, this guy's really outshining you. And his disciples are, and this was John's answer. And it takes us all the way to the end of the chapter. John answered his disciples and said, A man can receive nothing except it be given to him from heaven. So this, what he is doing, the miracles, he got legitimately from God. Talking about Jesus. Ye yourselves bear me witness that I said I am not the Christ, but that I am sent before him. He that hath the bride is the bridegroom, but the friend of the bridegroom, which standeth and heareth him, rejoiceth. Let me try that again. He that hath the bride, there we go. He that hath the bride is the bridegroom, but the friend of the bridegroom, which standeth, the best man, if you will, which standeth and heareth him, rejoiceth greatly, because the bridegroom's voice, this joy therefore is his, this my joy therefore is filled. I'm his best man. I am his. I went before him. I led the way. My don't worry about me. My joy is fulfilled, because the bridegroom has come to take his bride, which at this point is not been determined whether it's going to be Israel. But when Israel direct. The, the, rejects him it is the church he must increase and i must decrease verse 30 john 3:31 he that cometh from above is above all a double l and he that is earthly he that is of the earth is earthly that's uh, me john the baptist i'm not from above and speaketh of the earth he that cometh from heaven is above a double l is above all and what he hath seen and heard, that he testifieth. No man receiveth his testimony. He's not being believed. They're going to crucify him. I guess he knows everything. He's about ready to get his, John the Baptist is about ready to get his, I think. And he that, with Herod, you know the story, Herod's daughter and all that. And what he hath seen and heard, that he testifieth, and no man receiveth his testimony. Verse 33, he that hath received his testimony has set to his seal that God is true. I, I said, my faith is in the God of John 3.16. Thank you very much. 
I've repented of my dead works and put my faith in the God of John 3.16. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, and the three are one. 1 John 5.7 The Father loveth the Son, for whom God hath sent, speaketh the words of God, for God giveth not the Holy Spirit by measure unto him. Well, yeah, he is three and one with the Holy Spirit. Okay, um, and I guess part of our Trinity since Pentecost, uh, the Holy Spirit is a part of us anyway, um, along with the new man. Okay, we're almost done. John three thirty-five. The Father loveth the Son, capital S, by context, and hath given all things unto him. Behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. Remember that testimony. Here you go. Here's the gospel according to Jesus, according to John the Baptist. We, in John 3.16, we had the gospel according to Jesus Christ. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Whosoever believeth on him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be him. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. There is the, con there is the gospel according to Jesus Christ. Let's hear the gospel according to John the Baptist. He that believeth, you, me, anybody, whosoever, whosoever that believeth on the Son, hath, hath, has, possesses, look it up in the Greek, possesses everlasting life. And if you have everlasting life today, you'll have it tomorrow, next week, next month, next year, next millennia, whatever. Forever and ever. You'll have everlasting life, by definition, is everlasting. And he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. If you're not going to let Christ take the wrath of God, which was the cross, on your behalf, then you will have to suffer the wrath of God in a place of torment and fire. And you can hate God if you want. But I'm just going to leave you with this thought. For God so loved you that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever, that would include you, believeth on him, should not perish, but have everlasting life. And that should is on you. Will you or will you not? It's your choice. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. Matthew 7, 7. Easy to memorize. Matthew 7, 7 and verse 8. Okay, I'm going to say, Vaya con Dios, go with God. Which I think is awesome. And I'm going to say, my favorite thing to say when I left my classroom or when the bell rang was I would point to the door or I would point up and say, To, to God, adios.